0: I hope everybody had a great three-day weekend. We had Memorial Day yesterday. We remembered those who came before, who served, who fought, who gave the ultimate sacrifice for freedom, for liberty, for sovereignty of this country. And, you know, it's uh, it's a solemn note to be singing today. We just got this uh, breaking news today. I don't know if anybody has heard this yet. The jury has announced a decision in the trial of the ex-clin- uh, ex-Clinton lawyer, Michael Sussman. This is the John Durham's investigation. This is the first trial that John Durham has brought about. And uh, Sussman was acquitted. Yeah. Yeah, after all that evidence that was presented, after everything that they showed, how he was the one person who brought this forth, this fake information paid for by Hillary Clinton, brought it forth, gave it to his buddy, James Baker, at the FBI, uh, well, he was working for the Clinton campaign, the jury acquitted him. Now, we know that the jury had ties directly to the DNC. They were people who donated to Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton. They were most likely paid off. But also the judge in the Sussman case, Christopher Cooper, is married to a lawyer named Amy Jeffress, who represented FBI lawyer Lisa Page in a civil case. He's an Obama-appointed judge. He's a former top aide to Attorney General Eric Holder, as well as connected directly to the Democratic Party. If you ever wanted to look at our country and see absolute filth and corruption, it's right there. This is the way the system works. This is why they call it the justice system. For them, there's just us, and they get off, they get to do whatever they want, and then there's justice, the ice that comes down and the cold, hard truth to people who try to step up against them. We're going to be following this case. We're going to be following John Durham and everything else that's happening right there. But this is a major blow to the Durham investigation. I called this. I said this weeks ago that this was going to happen, that Sussman would be acquitted. Because why else would you stack the jury and the court? All the evidence presented showed that this man was guilty. All the evidence showed that there is massive sedition and treason done to this country in 2016. And the jury acquitted them. The judge let it happen. We are definitely coming to what I would call a precipice moment in this country. Where people are just tired, sick, and tired and fed up with the crime, the corruption, the treason. How much longer will Americans take this? We had a, a great show last night on the Daily Dose on RedPills.TV, my podcast. And I gave a, about a 30-minute monologue pertaining to Memorial Day. Now, I'm not going to bore you with my 30-minute monologue on Memorial Day, but I will give you some of the key points here. Men and women have fought for centuries to preserve what they believe to be freedom and liberty for the saving of this country from foreign and domestic threats. They've risen to the occasion every time, without falter. The last great war was World War II, where the United States was not even threatened by the forces in Europe. But join the war effort anyway, to help give a better life to those people who were suffering throughout Europe. those men and women who fought and died in that war, they are rolling in their grave right now. That is what is happening in the United States of America. At the level of infiltration that has seeped in to our nation. See, if they were around, if they were here, this wouldn't be happening this government would already have been removed. This corruption would already have been discovered. And we know the extents to which they would have went. I sometimes think about what's known as the business plot. I'm a former U.S. Navy sailor, just under 10 years. And so we hear lots of different stories. And one of, the, one of the stories we were always told about the preservation of freedom was when a group of businessmen plotted against the United States of America to, to try to produce a coup on President Roosevelt, 1938. And this is known as the business plot. You can go look it up. And now a lot of the names of the people involved in this were never released. But we do know one name. And he was a vice president, or sorry, president of Union Banking Corporation. I believe it was Union Banking Corporation. Who, by the way, was also tried and convicted of financing the enemy during World War II. They were financing the Nazis. This man was named Prescott Bush, who went on to found OSS. He was the father of George Herbert Walker Bush and the granddaddy of George Bush. He was charged with treason against his country for funding the enemy. He also approached a former three-star general, three-time Medal of Honor recipient, Marine Corps General Smetley Butler. And agreed to pay Smetley Butler. Hundreds of thousands of dollars back then was millions. And give him an army of 500,000 people to take into Washington, D.C. And formulate a corporate coup on the United States of America. Implementing a fascist state. And Smetley Brutler, he stood up, he blew the whistle, he went directly to Roosevelt. He testified in front of Congress and guess what? Nothing happened. They were silent and did nothing. That's how far back this corruption goes. And it goes back much further. It goes back past Lincoln. But just understand, there have been good people that have stood up, that rose up, that sounded the alarm. And we're seeing those good people stand up now. We're seeing those good people sound the alarm now that that humanity... Americans must come to this moment, this precipice, where they say enough is enough. America will not go gently into the night. We are into the depths of a storm. The storm is just getting started. The rolling thunder is moving in from abroad. We see the flashes of light within the sky. The smell of electricity in the air. And the feel of the heavy rains coming. It's going to be a very, very hard time. Over the next 6 to 12 months. But see, we're Americans. And we understand hard times. We understand the duties. It takes to preserve this country, our sovereignty, our liberties, our freedoms. And there's no storm that's too big that we won't go through. There's no obstacle too large that we cannot navigate through. And there's no threat to this country so incredibly large That we can't defeat. But that only happens when we're united, united as a country in the hopes and the glory of of freedom, of liberty. That's the only time that we are victorious. And so we got to get our heads out of our rear ends. we got to start looking forward and looking at our neighbor. And stop seeing a political rival, a political opposite. Stop seeing someone that we disagree with because of race, color, creed, gender, sexuality. Instead, see them all as Americans who love that right to freedom, even though they might not express it. we just have to give them a smile. We just have to give them the respect. We have to unify. We have to come together. We have to find common ground. And that common ground in this country right now, as this storm sets in, is freedom. Freedom. Because if we don't express our freedoms now, if we don't hold them dear near and close to the heart and drive them through with courage, we surely will lose them forever. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot, supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell, as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase.
1: For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com.
0: My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401Ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you.
2: Dark to light with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. We're
0: talking about the breaking news that was just released at the start of the show here that Michael Sussman acquitted, and uh, this is the state of justice in this country. This is the state of who runs this country. Who runs this country is not you and I. It's not the people. It's not even the politicians. It is foreign entities, domestic entities which seek to undermine, to usurp, your rights, your freedoms, and the Constitution. You know, ten years ago I was told I was crazy for thinking these things, and used to be made fun of by a group of friends when we were at a bonfire in the backyard, and I would tell them, just wait. Just wait and see. Well, unfortunately I had the last laugh, and I say unfortunately because this is nothing— That anybody ever wants to go through in their life. But it's times like this that people like you and me must rise up to the occasion. It's times like this that historians will write about for centuries to come. We are in epic times right now. We are in times where heroes are made. A good friend of mine even calls this biblical in its nature. I wouldn't disagree with that. Yesterday on my show, I played a uh, eight-minute TikTok pertaining to a story of a business gentleman, a lawyer, of how he talked about uh, flying out of Alaska. And as he was flying out of Alaska... Uh, He was about to board the plane, and a a private pastor pilot came up to him and told him that uh, he can fly him and save him a whole bunch of money, and they decided to go with him. And they start heading up into the small plane, into the clouds, and the pilot looks at him and says, oh, no, I can't fly in clouds. I pass out when I get in clouds. And sure enough, the, the pilot passed out when he got into the clouds. And the two lawyers on the plane had the call in, used a radio that they'd never used before and attempted to fly the plane and made a two-hour transit being guided by a voice. Two-hour transit back to Anchorage through a massive storm. And the man on the other end of the voice, the air traffic controller, reminded the lawyer as he was flying the plane, just listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. I will guide you to safety. Just listen to my voice. Don't look at the storm. Don't look outside. Just focus on my voice. And he followed the voice. And they landed safely. And you know, it's that inner voice. It's that inner guidance. It's that that voice of God within us. That guides us through those tough times, that guides us through those times that many would call struggle, that guides us to that place of safety within the heart where we know we've made it through. I sometimes tell this story that my grandmother told me. And my grandmother, God rest her soul, passed away a few years ago. She used to tell me the story and, and tell me the moral of the story and, and, and embed it within to my mind. She said, Josh, there is an old man. And the old man loved God so much. And he devoted his life to God and knew that one day something would happen to where God would save him and prove his faith to him. The news came on and warned the man that a big flood was coming. He gets a knock on the door and it's the police. And the police tell the man, hey, old man, there's a flood coming. You need to leave. You need to evacuate. The old man looked at the police and said, nope, not happening. I've loved God my whole life. I've devoted my life to God. God will save me. The next day the flood rider waters begin to rise and flood his whole lower half of his home. The old man goes up to the second floor of his house. And a boat with firemen arrive at his window. They say, "Old man, you need to leave this house. The flood rider waters are going to continue to rise." The old man shakes his head. Says, "Nope, nope, nope. I've loved God my whole life. I've have faith in God and I've devoted my life to God and I knew this moment would come and I know God will save me the next day the flood waters had risen the old man is now on his roof of his house and in comes the coast guard helicopter and they throw down a ladder and they say old man you need to come with us the weather it's going to continue to rise the water is going to continue to rise you will surely die the old man yells up at the helicopter and says nope 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 I've loved God my whole life. I have faith in God my whole life. I knew this moment would come and God will save me. The next day, as the floodwaters began to decrease, the policemen, the firemen, and the coast guard find the old man floating in the water, dead, succumbed to the violence of the storm. The old man makes his way up to heaven, and he's walking down that lonely pathway to the throne of God. He comes before God and says, God, I don't get it. The storm came. I loved you my whole life. I devoted my life to you. I had faith in you. And I knew you would save me, God. Why didn't you save me, God? And God looks at the old man, puts a big grin on his face and says, Are you kidding me? I tried three times to save you. I sent a fireman. I sent a policeman. I sent the Coast Guard. And you denied them all. My grandma would laugh at this point in time and say, you know, Joshua, the moral of the story is that God doesn't send miracles all the time to save us. Sometimes he sends the miracle of life. Most of the time, God works through us to perform his miracles most of the time god is using you and me to bring about his kingdom here on earth and isn't that the truth that we surely do live in biblical times where god is existent within all of us moving through us through our words our movements Understanding the the divine plan is unraveling. And knowing that humanity has to go to the darkness of the storm. Knowing that humanity has to suffer. To bring about the next level of good. To bring about the kingdom. To bring about a golden age of humanity, we must relearn what we have forgotten. See, our founding fathers, they were rivaled with freedom after the Revolutionary War, but but the freedom wasn't certain. They had to fight for every inch. They had to keep on moving forth, preserving that freedom day in and day out, every day of their lives, because there was people outside this country trying to take it away from them there was people inside this country trying to take it away from them because the ultimate the ultimate game for people that have everything for people who own everything control everything is that of power and the control of the people and that game is is as old as the bible itself And it'll never stop. And we'll have to continue fighting. We'll have to continue moving into the storm.
1: We are the Onondawaka, the people of the Great Hill. We are the Seneca Nation, and our impact across western New York is massive. We operate three world-class casino gaming and hospitality facilities, a convenience store chain, a construction management firm, and more. Across our operations, the Seneca Nation directly employs nearly 6,000 people. An independent study by the Taylor Policy Group revealed that the Seneca Nation supported over 3,700 Western New York businesses, spending more than $100 million on goods and services. In all, the nation's entities account for more than a billion dollars of New York's gross state product, including almost 10,000 stable jobs. Above all, we support the more than 8,500 Seneca Nation people in our community. Those citizens whose very livelihood depend on this economic engine. To learn more about the Seneca Nation, our history, culture, and economic impact, visit SNI.org. Paid for by the Seneca Nation.
2: Dark to Light with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations.
0: All right, we are back to the Dark to Light show. And uh, yeah, the first half of the show, was uh, I guess it turned into a monologue, and I apologize. But you know what? There are important things to be reminded of. There are important things to say. Sometimes, as we are transiting our life, we are moving forward in our life, and we're seeing the storm come afoot, we need to be reminded of these things. 2000 Mules investigator Greg Phillips has dropped a bombshell. Investigators discovered multinational player and federal agencies involved in operation. Excuse me. This is, uh, this is, this is amazing. So they discovered multinational players, billions of dollars being funneled in and out and federal agencies, Agencies that were involved in the operation to steal the twenty twenty election, and so from what I'm hearing, Catherine um, Engelbrecht and uh, and Greg Phillips are on uh, um, be- being very incredibly vigilant right now because of the information they have. All right, uh, they are working with uh, the Arizona. State government right now, they are going to be presenting their findings of ballot harvesting the Yuma and Maricopa counties and Arizona lawmakers today at 3 p.m. Arizona time. But the real story is that they went back and started researching these NGOs, these non-government organizations that were being utilized as these median points for this ballot harvesting. And what they uncovered was financiers, international multinationals, what I would consider domestic terrorism, terrorists, globalists, philanthropies, and even government agencies involved in the ballot harvesting. This is bigger than you can ever imagine. This trial won't get acquitted. This trial will get shut down before it ever happens. They will scorch the earth before they ever let this information get to the courts. You know, there's three things that I learned about from the 2020 election. Three things I learned from the 2020 election. Number 1 is your vote is incredibly sacred. Your vote is that one thing that represents your rights, your liberties, your freedoms and this country's sovereignty. Your vote is more important than you could ever know. Number two, politicians are all corrupt. Doesn't matter who they are, doesn't matter who they represent, doesn't matter if they're left, right, middle, doesn't matter. They're all corrupt or they can all be corrupted. It's a wonder what they can do to you when you travel to a foreign city or you travel to a city outside of your home area and you stay in a hotel room and in the middle of the night you get a visit to a 45 to the head and coerced into voting a certain way because that is how politics works these days, blackmail, coercion, having dirt on people. So the first two things that I learned about the 2020 election is your vote is sacred. Number two, politicians are corrupt. And number three, I like guns. I liked the right to self-defense. I like the ability to defend myself against enemies foreign and domestic. Not that I, I enjoy it. But I like having that right. I like going back to the foundational legal documents of this country. For those that don't know, we have the Articles of Confederation. We have the United States Constitution. We have the Declaration of Independence. The two primary, the Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution. The Declaration of Independence tells King George who we are, where our rights come from, and that no government has authority over God. And that governments are instituted amongst men for the preservation of those God-given rights. And that whenever any government becomes destructive to a means, it is the right, the duty of those people to remove it. And notice how they didn't say remove it with policy. You Notice how they didn't say remove it with a vote. Notice how they didn't say remove it by protest no they said remove it period and the other part of the the declaration of independence were a list of 27 grievances only one of which was taxation without representation the others were tyranny oppression and other tyrannical and totalitarian crimes that the king did against the colonies Then we had the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Bill of Rights being those things that God had given us, that we contracted the government that was formed by the people to preserve, not things that you cannot do. See, law tells you what you can't do. Freedom is what you can do. And see how they switch that around on you? See how they turn that around on you? The Bill of Rights is about the preservation of our God-given freedoms. What part of shall not be infringed do they not understand? Listen, we got uh, another break segment coming up here again Then we'll have last segment coming up. But if you guys want to give me a call, 585-346-3000, 585-346-3000, or toll-free 866-552-1009. And moving on here, and uh, people in the economic industry are saying that the stock market is going to have a very, very tough May. And we've been talking about this. I've been saying that we're going to have a teeter-totter a teeter-totter of the economy. We're seeing this today. The economy jumps up a little bit. It's going to push down a lot. It's going to jump up a little bit more. It's going to push back a lot. Why? Because we are in the midst of the Great Reset. The Great Reset is a complete change, a fundamental reorganization of all the financial systems on this planet in a move towards a central bank digital currency based upon a blockchain system that you and I have no control over. That ushers in a complete techno-fascist totalitarian government organized at the highest level by elitists that are unelected. MasterCard. You got a MasterCard out there? They're launching facial recognition payments in a push towards biometric banking. This means that in order to use your MasterCard you got to register your face. You got to give that thumbprint. They want to know it's you because you know, they're going to be fighting fraud. That's right. Fighting fraud by knowing exactly who you are where you are, what you're buying, when you're buying it, and how to market towards you, and how to control you. Imagine the future with ESG standardization coming forth, the World Economic Forum getting their way. Imagine the future with global climate change, the agenda increasing. And you go into the store on a Friday after you already went Monday and Tuesday, and you go to buy some steaks, ribeyes. And by this time, they're $100 a pound, and, and you've saved your money for throughout, throughout the month. And you go in there, and it comes back and says, MasterCard comes back and says, Oh, decline, Josh. And you say, For what reason? I have plenty of money in my bank account. It says, Because. You've already ate steak twice this week and you're only limited to two times a week because it's too harsh on the environment for you to eat steak again. That world is coming if we don't rise up. That world is coming if we don't stand up. That world will be here if we don't do something.
2: Dark to Light with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations.
0: All right, we are back with the Dark to Light show. And uh, we just had some uh, of our ads there, guys. Look, the best way to help support everything that we're doing here at the Dark to Light show is to go out, visit redpills.tv, check out our sponsors tab, and utilize the sponsors. Anything from MyPillow with that promo code RPP or getgoldtoday.com. With Dr. Kirk Elliott, it's much appreciated and all the help you guys do to help support us. We're going to go to our number one fan, Keith. What's up, man?
2: Well, you have lots of topics, but you did say a call, so I have two questions for you. Uh, I'm the son of a clergyman, and in the same way that you were giving the parable about the drowning man uh, asking God, why didn't you save me, I've always wondered uh, why if God did create us in his image, uh, why didn't he give us more, what I'm calling the faculties, to understand his divine way, whether it was you or my father, again I'm using that term parable, having to explain to people really how God works. Uh, That's my first question. Why didn't he allow us as mere human beings to know better his word so that uh, his way didn't have to be explained to us uh, in an elementary manner? Why why couldn't we, as his true creations, pick up better on what he had in mind for us? Why didn't he give us the faculties just to understand better his word and his ways?
0: Well, I think there's people out there that understand it pretty well. And I think that's a subjective matter. I think that everybody has their own path in life. I think everybody has their own level of, of study within their spiritual nature.
2: But if he truly, and, if he truly created us in his image, uh, almost like, uh, to say it, uh, uh, the son of God, Jesus, he was alive uh, 33 years but didn't start his ministry until he was 31, uh, creating us in the human way that he did... God kind of limited us in really understanding his divine ways. I I disagree with you. Many people do not pick up uh, on God's word. It has to be explained to them in an elementary way, like all of us are little children. I mean, really, emphatically, why didn't God, if he wanted us to live a life in his divine manner, in his shadow, why didn't he allow us, make us internally to be more spiritual in his true way of living
0: like i just said it's subjective you're saying you disagree with me because you know people who aren't that's okay you can disagree with me on that it doesn't disprove the fact that many people are many people do understand it many people have dedicated a life to understanding. it not everybody needs someone to explain it to them Right. I think that many people have a spiritual nature within inside them and they cultivate it and they grow it and that they have an understanding at whatever level of development that they are at of what God's nature is, of what God has created here and in God's intentions. And so I disagree with you that everybody is like that.
2: I still think uh, people need to explain it. I mean, many people go through their entire life without understanding what God uh, really meant in his teachings. And uh, further, uh, because I do agree with even everything that you say, and uh, without uh, making a spectacle of myself, I'm just going to make a blanket statement about me. I'm completely kamikaze and ready to go i mean i'm in that true civil war mentality i'm ready to go go right now and many of my fellow americans are not so uh even if you uh mr reed have to put me in my place when i use that term deliberately because some of us know what the term kamikaze means certainly uh, very bad in light of yesterday memorial day for our uh sailor people uh in world war ii but i keep them kamikaze ready to go to take on the hard left What would you advise someone like me who truly believes uh, everything that you say and I'm kamikaze ready to go against the hard left and take back our country? What would you say to a guy like
1: me?
0: Well, Keith, I appreciate the call. It's not the left or at least the people on the left that are the problem. It's the corruption that stems from the authorities of power. Right. We have to understand who the real enemy is here. The enemy is not people. The enemy isn't political ideology. The enemy is the people that perpetuate this through many aspects of dissemination, whether it's social media, whether it's cultural, whether it's mainstream media. The, the people who perpetuate this are less than 3,000 on this planet. And so I wouldn't be looking at it as a left versus right thing. I would be looking at it in the sense that those who are Democrats, those who support the DNC, are people that we would need to find commonality with. Because things are going to get tough. Things are going to get hard. And that we see it coming. We know it's coming. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I got article, I got 20 articles to go through. We're not going to get through them all, and that's okay. But I got one up here right now. This was one of the top distributors and manufacturers of diesel fuel in this country. They supply all the pilot gas stations around the country. He testified in front of uh, the Senate last week, the CEO of the company. And he said, I don't understand. Why Amtrak, why the rail companies are coming back to us, telling us that we have to reduce our shipments nationally by 26%. And then they came back and told us that we have to reduce our shipments by 56%. When no other company like us is being told the same thing. And this one company distributes and produces over 20%. Of the nation's diesel fuel. And he said, We don't have a shortage of diesel fuel. We have a distribution problem, a transportation problem. Now, see, the rail companies are owned by the federal government. They were nationalized back in the 1970s. And the rail companies are telling these diesel fuel energy companies, You have to reduce your amount of shipments by over 50%. See, Crisis is manufactured. Energy crises are manufactured. And if we don't have diesel fuel flowing into the tanks of trucks, then we don't have food moving to cities. We don't have critical infrastructure being maintenanced, upgraded, repaired. We're going to see rolling blackouts. We're going to see famine. We're going to see depression. Why? Because that's the only way that they, the rulers, believe they can change and transform this country. What they don't realize is millions upon millions of Americans have been preparing for this moment. We've been preparing for this moment for a very, very long time. Just like Keith said. We are all ready. For what comes next. But the important aspect. Is to remember who we are fighting. We need to stop fighting. And bickering. And arguing. And disagreeing amongst ourselves. Remember. The power. Of the governed. The power. In this country. Is held. Within the consent. Of the governed within the people, that's left and right. Those are our brethren. We might disagree with them vehemently on things like equality or, or gender or that there's only two or, or sexuality or politics or, or how health care shall be run. But they're Americans too. And they, they're not the enemy they are simply people who are either misguided under the influence of psychological warfare or someone who just believes that way because guess what you have them on the right too they're radicalized on both sides but those aren't your enemies there's less than 3,000 people in this world who are seeking world domination It's our job to stop them.